Did you know the Pope likes cats? I read this week he was a catsaholic. Hi America, hello world. My name is Adrian Lee and I'm your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. We're going to do something slightly different this week. We're currently investigating a very haunted Victorian building somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. So currently I'm set up in the parlour. I thought I would introduce the show for you. Heather, Kim and Greg are currently wandering around the house doing baseline tests with the International Paranormal Society, setting up cameras, running DVRs, carrying K2 meters with them as we speak. So if you hear things coming from the background, it's my team setting things up. This is our 30th show. This is Series 2, Episode 30. So as a 30th anniversary, I thought we'd put together something a little bit different tonight. I'm going to put together for you the greatest hits of the show. So we're going to listen to some of the best parts of the last three years. I've gone through our archives. They're on SoundCloud if people wish to access them. If you go to soundcloud.com and type in MQTA Radio, you will see our archives for the last three years. And I had a lot of fun today going through there and picking out my best stories from the last three years so I hope you have fun with those 30 is a very interesting number actually this is I said series 2 episode 30 there are 30 years in the 30 year war between 1618 and 1648 of course yet the 100 years war actually lasted 116 years so just because it labels itself the 30 year war doesn't necessarily mean it was 30 years as the example of the 100 year war I get the impression that after 100 years, they just gave up counting. So that was 116 years altogether. If you wish to call Greece, 30 is your international dialing code. I actually went to a Greek restaurant last week. The food was terrible, but the plates were smashing. Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, of course. And 30 is a very interesting number for the Bible. Jesus was also baptized at the age of 30. 30 represents the number of uprights that originally formed Stonehenge. And first, apparently, there was Stonehenge. And then nearby, you can look this up on a map, it's all true. Nearby in Wiltshire, they also discovered a Woodhenge. So you have Stonehenge and Woodhenge. I'm now waiting for Strawhenge to appear. I blame the three little pigs for that particular one. Before we start our greatest hits for episode 30, I just wish to read out some of the mails and some of the messages I've got this week. Uh, we often I appreciate listeners writing in and sharing their thoughts with me and sharing their their views on the show so Jacqueline in Indiana has written to me she said thank you for the countless hours of laughter one of my daughters listened to the YouTube post and commented that I listen to the strangest things 
whilst laughing. So thank you for that. She is, in fact, referring to a YouTube post we've put out quite recently. It's a six-minute clip from our last episode that went out after we was live on the air. We have an episode or a part of the show called Not For Your Mother. It's a part of the show we can't read out live on air for fear of being removed or having a hefty fine. But if you go to our archives on soundcloud.com, MQTA Radio, you will find an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show, the bits that we can't read out, that are a little bit cheeky, a little bit saucy, perhaps laden with innuendo. The stories from around the week that we couldn't read out live. Lee in San Francisco posted on Facebook and said he just started listening to the show and he really is enjoying it. He was apparently listening on the train as he was traveling through San Francisco. DC in Kentucky sent me a nice email that reads, I just listened to episode 26. I'm telling you, you're all crazy, especially you and Heather. I'll have to tell Heather that when she comes back down from the attic from doing her paranormal investigation at the moment. You have produced some episodes that I believe will become classic radio comedy well here's your chance to judge i've picked what i believe to be the classic moment for our anniversary episode i'm going to start tonight with series two episode 21 this is the best intro of any show we've ever done and i promise you we have not been drinking although when you listen to this intro you may think otherwise so sit back listen to our greatest hits and again i'd love to hear from you and i would love to read your facebook messages on what you think of the show oh yes indeed there are more questions and answers like why does the name of every continent begin and end with the same letter hi america hello world how many of you at home are now going asia europe australasia <laughs> greg's gonna say south america now and i'm gonna give him minus one my name is adrian lee and i am trying to start a show welcome to more questions and answers the only paranormal continental news quiz anywhere in the world each week my guests and i will search the world's newspapers websites and tv shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment we will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snug and that sounded like a death rattle, that last one. Someone go back and check on my mother, will you? Take a mirror with you. So snug under your covers. Turn out, I'm already spending the inheritance. She's got gold teeth as well, by the way, so bear that in mind. Turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for bringing me my dead mother's teeth and for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and all value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate <laughs> bell. Stop looking at me. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. And as you can see, we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> so without any further ado, I swear to God, we've not been drinking. 
So without any further ado, let us embrace this week's darkness. Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and Heather Vesson, Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather saw on TV this week that lions can make love over 50 times a day, which is why they're always sleeping, of course. Welcome to the show, Heather. <laughs> These statistics are 100% true, I tell you. I've researched them on the internet. I don't believe it. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim discovered this week that Leonardo da Vinci actually invented scissors. That's true. Do you know that? Leonardo yeah. da Vinci. You never saw him running with them, of course. I think he invented them rather late in life because the pictures I've seen of him, he had really long beard and long hair. So I suspect he may have invented them late on in his life. <laughs> and we must give him a lot of credit, of course, because it made the game of stone and paper much more interesting. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Heather. Oh, that would be Kim. You inter- Oh, is it me? Oh, either of you. I'm pleased to have Hello. you all here. Hi, Kim. <laughs> Never run with scissors. <laughs> Finally on tonight's show, I wish to induce... induce. <laughs> it's a boy, ladies and gentlemen. It's a boy. The calm and unflappable Greg Gore. What are the neighbours going to say, Greg, and whatever got into you? We shall see if he is still married to Kim after the show when she's found out he's pregnant. <laughs> He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He's also a sound engineer and producer. Greg read this week that only humans and dolphins have sex for pleasure. Greg has now been banned for life from SeaWorld in San Diego. (laughs) (laughs) Series 2, episode 21. One statistic I must share with you. I read this... Um, today and i must share this with you it says that if you yell for eight years and seven months you would have produced enough energy to heat one cup of coffee so you need to yell or shout continuously for eight years and seven months to heat one cup of coffee i then read that if you fart continually for six years and nine months enough gas is produced to create the energy of an atomic bomb so my question to you is how long do you have to fart to heat a cup of coffee That's what I'm saying. You're conducting that experiment at home, aren't you? I swear to God, in the last week, I've managed to have two really hot baths. (laughs) Swimmer attacked by squirrel at Torquay Riviera Center Pool. So this is a cryptozoological squirrel? Yes. With skills of being able to... Hairy beasties. Hairy beasties, there you go. In a swimming pool? Yes. The squirrel sparked panic today after it dashed into a busy leisure center before leaping in the pool and biting a swimmer on the finger. He's lucky it wasn't after his nuts. It was there. You'd be disappointed if I didn't say... Everyone was thinking it. There's not a single person listening to this radio show at this minute who didn't think that. And if you're one of the people that didn't, you need to write in. There must be a prize available somewhere. The rodent ran inside the Riviera Center in Torquay, Devon, 
before heading towards the pool area. When lifeguards tried to coax him out, the creature leapt into the water and paddled around the deep end for several minutes. What was it doing? It was swimming. Backstroke. (laughs) A swimmer tried to fish the squirrel out of the water, but was bitten on the finger before the animal scampered off through a fire exit. Jackie Lovett, swimming instructor at the Waves Leisure Pool, said, I came to do a lesson and was told by lifeguards that there was a squirrel on top of the wave chamber. The squirrel then decided to run out. One of the lifeguards tried to chase it out, and it went into the curtain. Then it jumped into the swimming pool. It was doing a few strokes, going under the water, and then coming up for air. It looked like a drowned rat. Oh, well, they're in the same family, of course, aren't they? They're cuter. Do you think so? I love squirrels. <laughs> well, it tastes like chicken, doesn't it? What What was it again? What was what? What was swimming in the water? A squirrel. Oh, I see what we're doing here. A squirrel. <laughs> I know I make the mistake every time of pronouncing yeah, all whatever. the letters in my words, but uh, yeah. a squirrel. Yes. It was a squirrel. Yes. Are we done now? Would you like me to say it again? A, a squirrel? <laughs> squirrel. A squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, ladies and gentlemen, racism in the workplace. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Cebu City Zoo in the Philippines offering python massages. You have to give the python a massage or the python massages you? Python massages you. Oh, but he's got no hands. That's impossible. <laughs> uh, Cebu City, Philippines, May 27th. A zoo in the Philippines has started offering visitors the chance to receive a relaxing 15-minute massage from its four Burmese pythons that it currently has in captivity. See, the key word in that sentence for me is relaxing. I, I don't know the idea of having a python. Greg, have you ever oiled up a snake? Is that something no, you've I done? No, I haven't done that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Not a python. <laughs> like a <snake>. Wow. <laughs> we'll find out later, ladies and gentlemen. Um I don't. I don't see that as relaxing. I'm, I, I understand that you can be, you know, perhaps massaged by a snake. I mean, these things can talk, don't they? And they twist around. And I don't know what's stopping you from being its dinner at any given point. Well, they talk about some of the rules. Oh, there's rules. Well, I'm glad you can yes. sit down with a snake and discuss reasonably the rules. That makes me feel a whole lot better. Um, the zoo's pythons, Michelle, Walter, EJ, and Daniel are supposedly fed 10 or more chickens before giving out oh. the massages so they won't be tempted to snack on the guests. And during the therapeutic and calming massages, zookeepers keep watch as the snakes slither back and forth across a bamboo bed. Is it slightly bizarre that when you read those names out, I thought to myself, I want a female snake? <laughs> Did anyone else think that or was that just me? No, Michelle, just that was just me, was it? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, you actually get them all. Wow! (laughs) You do. Once the snakes are put on, it's virtually impossible to escape because they weigh about 550 pounds combined. Oh, man. Here's here's a quote from somebody who had the massage. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Is that with two A's or one A? I had to lie on my back on a bamboo daybed in the open air. I was briefed on what to do and what not to do during the massage. These instructions are crucial, as you can imagine. They tell you not to blow air on the snake because this is like being pinched on the bum. Apparently. <laughs> no blowing. You okay. can't shout for help as the snake can feel your vibration and thinks they're, that you're prey or a predator, depending upon the environment. So basically, you've got to sit there all tense, not being able to move. That's a really relaxing atmosphere for a massage, isn't yep. it? Yep. Surely you'd be better off picking an animal that has lots of arms and legs. Maybe the relaxing part is when the massage is done. <laughs> they give you lots of stress and then relieve that stress yes. at the end. By removing the python. If anyone wants a python massage, 
then uh, Greg's email address is available. Uh. <laughs> wow. We have one more in the round of ghosts and hauntings. In Thailand, an elderly man who said he'd been haunted in his dreams by his wife since he killed her in a fit of anger and dumped her body in a pond has been arrested by police and charged with murder. He told police he was so bothered by the dreams that he was about to turn himself in. Fu Wang police said that the body... <laughs> Do it again. The Fu Wang police. Isn't that a pop group from the 80s? Just bear with me a minute. I've got to go and have a Fu Wang. I'll be back in a minute. I'll have the Fu Wang with egg fried rice and the spare ribs. Um, the police of Fu Wang said the body of Orn Donkana, 67, was found in a pond near Wat Santikaram in Tambong, Songpai. Do it again. Three times in a row. I'm not going to say it three times in a row. A genie will appear and we'll have to make a wish. You'd think they'd put a vowel in occasionally to help a man out. I swear to God, I'm going to get you to read this. It's Fu Wang Police. The woman who died is called Orn Donkana. She was found in a pond near Wat Sanikaram in a place called Tambon. Tampon? In, in Song. <laughs> Yes, when it rains there, the place gets twice as big. Um, Songpai of Fu Wang District. You're going to be reading this out in a minute. I'm going to point to you. She's been bashed. This poor woman's died. But she, she did live in a place called Tampon, unfortunately. She's been bashed on the left temple with a hard object, and she's been dead for around three days. The police initially said they had no clue who was responsible. It was Colonel Mustard in the ballroom with the string. Oh. Um, but a suspicion later focused on Sombot Samuk, who's 68, and was her new <laughs> husband. Wow. I've covered my entire script in saliva. That's not going to look good. <laughs> Why can't they just be called Keith or Gary? outrageous that may be his guilty conscience that's waking this man up the accused told police that while he was hiding he dreamt about the dead woman every night and she told him to surrender to the police or she would continue to haunt him oh greg this is your conscience speaking i'm the birch tree that you cut down in 1993 <laughs> i swear to god heather you're gonna read this i where can't I've put do the, it yeah where i've put that little arrow nice and loudly for everyone there we go that and whole I'll, paragraph well you can well you're not gonna make the whole paragraph fu yang oh i, I just said, said wang. The, <laughs> the body of orn dunkana pocahontas yeah yes uh, 67 was found in a pond near Wat Sanakaram uh-huh. in Tambon. Oh, there we go. Song Pui Thank you. of Fu Yang. With chips. It's <laughs> <laughs> outrageous, isn't it? I've got a story here for the strange and the bizarre. It says, zoo employee shot in error whilst dressed as a gorilla. <laughs> there we go. Put that, put that gorilla down, sir. It's a man in a suit. A zoo worker in Tenerife dressed as a gorilla is recovering after being mistakenly shot with enough tranquilizer to down a 400-pound gorilla. The Loro Parquet employee was dressed in a gorilla costume as part of a practice drill to simulate the escape of a captive gorilla when he was shot in the leg with a high-dose dart. It seems not everyone had been informed that it was a drill. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, it works. They kept him in. (laughs) And when the zoo vet saw the gorilla running through the park, he thought an actual gorilla had escaped and shot him. The vet fired the shot of the man and it hit him in the leg. He's lucky a male gorilla didn't take an amorous shine to him because he would have woken up in the morning with more than a sore leg. 
Wow. It says the tranquilizer can be a sedative, anesthetic, or a paraplegic agent. And it's unclear what the dart fired at the man actually contained. The worker had a severe allergic reaction to the tranquilizer and was taken to hospital. Drills like this happen regularly in zoos, but this is the first report of an incident of this kind. The zoo said that the vet had only been working there for two months, so that was a good start. Is he still working there, or is he selling ice cream? Oh, he's selling arms to gorillas. (laughs) The zoo said in a statement... The zoo said in a statement, Laura Park simulated the escape of an animal from its enclosure in the gorilla park. As part of the simulation, which took place in the security zone of the area, and was attended only by authorised personnel, they set off an emergency alarm. Once they had carried out the various procedures, one keeper in the wild mammals team was accidentally struck by the medical tranquilizer that vets use in these instances. As a result, emergency services were called and he was taken to hospital. Apparently, he's made a good recovery, but he now likes playing in tyres, eating bananas and urinating on his own hand. Sounds like any normal Friday night out in Minnesota. He's lucky they discovered he had a suit on because ultimately, if you get fired... With a tranquilizer dart, what's the first thing they're going to do? Throw you back in the pen. Exactly. He could have woken up 24 hours later, locked. With a girlfriend. <laughs> with a girlfriend. <laughs> rather hairy girlfriend. In an enclosure. Do you remember the film American Werewolf in London, where he turns into a wolf and he wakes up the next morning in the wolf enclosure of London Zoo? Never seen it. The thing I find interesting is that can you imagine the next time they do this, where they say, right, we've got a polar bear costume, who's going to wear the polar bear costume? And all the staff are lined up and there's just a silence. And then someone pushes someone else forward or they step backwards. You wouldn't want to be the next person, is what I'm saying. If they're looking for volunteers to be the next animal, to pretend to escape, who's going to be the first one up for that? That'd be ridiculous. That's the funniest thing I've heard in many a long time. My question is, why do you have to simulate escaping while actually wearing a costume i guess it makes things more realistic he must have done a really good job mustn't he of looking like a gorilla or but, sounding uh, like one sounding like one you know he he weed on his hand he played in the ties he did a really good job if you job. have a dog kennel you're not going to dress like your dog and go out there and see if you can break out of it i've seen this before zoos do simulate animals escaping by dressing up as the animal and running around and so they, they can get into the park and they have a response yes he probably spent a whole week <laughs> eating bananas just so he could fill the role what's throwing my mo- his poo around what's my motivation for this well your motivation for this is you get to throw poo around <laughs> any normal friday night it's just <laughs> can you imagine if the suit was stuck on him the thing was he didn't just get shot he then had an allergic reaction so not only are you trapped in a gorilla suit not only have you been shot in the leg but now your lips have swollen up and your eyes are itchy and you're getting an anaphylactic shock it's not having a good day is he no. I suspect he will not be volunteering for that job again anytime soon Fort Snelling in Minnesota was built specifically due to the worry that the English were going to come back down through Canada and reclaim America. So that fort was built specifically to keep Brits out. So very ironic in many respects that I just walk through the front door and nobody stops me. But I have had some instances in this country where... Instances. It's uh, (laughs) Thank you for picking that up. I really appreciate that. And completely inappropriate. (laughs) 
<laughs> there were some instances in this country. The first time I ever arrived here, I came here to film some uh, TV shows based on the paranormal, and I flew into Minneapolis Airport. I'd never been to Minnesota before. I didn't even know where it was. Couldn't point to it on a map. I had heard, of course, of the uh, Minnesota Vikings, so I was fully aware of your baseball team. And uh, I landed here, <laughs> and uh, two hours later, I was driven north up Highway. 94 interstate 94 and i ended up in salk center in the palmer house and i walked through the door of this incredibly haunted hotel triple a magazine sets one of the top three haunted hotels in the whole of america and of course ghost adventures did a show from there and i walk into this hotel this was six or seven years ago now i walk down into the basement with jet lag you know holding my paranormal equipment i'm on a ghost tour walk down into the basement the first thing we do is turn on a digital voice recorder and uh, straight away as soon as that was turned on a voice came through that said f off limey um, and i thought well welcome to america but of course you've got to remember that when these hotels were built and these places were constructed you know you've got to remember that of course uh, england was the enemy at one point and uh, isn't it fabulous that we can all sit around a table now without any interruptions or anyone picking up any of my slurred speech or any of the words I miss? And we can all live together in a, in a process of unity and Anglo-American relations. Which gives July me a, forth together. Absolutely. It gives me a nice warm <laughs> glow that, you know, I now know what a hot dog tastes like and uh, coffee is like a baseball bat being hit round the head. And I often wonder, of course, people drink coffee in this country. I've drank five cups of coffee in my entire life. I've had a blinding headache after every single one. And drinking tea, which is flying through my veins, is like being woken up with a nice warm hug in the morning. Whereas uh, drinking a cup of coffee is like being hit on the head with a bat. So the question you need to ask yourself is, would you prefer to be woken up with a nice warm hug or being hit on the head with a bat? We move into the round now that we call UFOs and cryptozoology, it's green men and hairy beasties. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the rounds of UFO and cryptozoology? Grizzly golem-like monster photographed in China. Girls on film. Golem's on film, no doubt. <laughs> yes, golem is. This is a very interesting story, actually. You, you go for it. This is fabulous. An unidentified man camping in the hills near the city of Beijing in China claims to have come across and to have photographed an odd-looking monster whose appearance reminded him of the Lord of the Rings character Gollum. The Chinese tourist said that at the time he came across the ledge monster, he and his friends were exploring a valley. The golem-like creature was spotted lurking in some bushes in the area. I walked far away to have a pee and suddenly saw a monster. No jokes. <laughs> <laughs> that happens to me at least five times a day. <laughs> I took a few pictures of it. No, no, no jokes. we haven't done that. No. <laughs> but I am now terrified by my courage then. To prove that he is no liar, the Chinese tourist has agreed to share some of the photos he took with the general public. Two of these photos are available and they clearly show an odd-looking fellow squatting in some bushes. The bad news for those who would love it if Gollum were real is that, by the looks of it, the monster is uh, what friends caught on camera was actually a science fiction actor in disguise who was shooting a short film in the region. I wonder what you was going to say he was doing then, because does he, go on? <laughs> he was shooting in the area, was he? 
Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Thus, shortly after seeing the photos hit the online community, this actor has stepped forward and said that the monster photographed by the Chinese tourist was actually him relieving himself there in the woods. Go. I knew that would be the <laughs> And case. taking a break from work. He was doing exactly what the tourist was doing, wasn't he? <laughs> I'm not surprised the Great Wall of China is actually being eroded by the acid in urine as we speak. <laughs> Needless to say, the actor was not exactly thrilled to find out that somebody had taken photos of him in that compromising position. He's lucky he didn't take a picture of him from behind because we'd have seen Lord of the Rings. <laughs> God. No. What? The you Twin Towers? Waiting. Oh, no. There we go. Happy days. I love this show. <laughs> Thus, he says that all things considered, he was pretty embarrassed by this incident. As much sense as the idea that the creature in the Chinese tourist photos was not a golem-like monster, but a man in disguise might make, word has it that some believe the actor's story to be just a cover-up, and that the hills near Beijing are in fact home to a yet-to-be-identified creature. Wasn't there a song called Yellow River back in the day? What? That's the comment? Is Yellow River? Donovan? Dion? Who is that? (laughs) Someone tell me. I don't know. I... Remember the song you're talking about, which is aging me, I'm but sure it's... I don't know who. And, I'm going to go with Donovan. And here's the photographs if you'd like to just see and make a comment on whether you think it's a squatting actor or what. That does look very strange, but he's got a mask on there, isn't he? I don't know. Remember? Very, they very... think it might be a cover-up. It's ugly, whatever it is. You wouldn't want that as your son, would you? That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you take a look at... Let's say that what... is my son. <laughs> Nathan, it doesn't surprise me. I'm just glad I wasn't there during the conception. Oh. I'm sure that whoever's son that is stood in the maternity wing and said, I think I'll call that a day. No. I've got a strange... Oh, no. Greg, there's people laughing. How dare you? It says here, a dog walker dialed 999, which is our equivalent of 911, to report seeing a leopard at a beauty spot. How many... Sp- <laughs> how many come here kitty how many spots does a leopard have does anyone know just out of interest points to be had silence collective, 48 collective. one well it's got 325 but 326 <laughs> if you lift its tail <laughs> Diane Lennon <laughs> Greg's on a resplendent minus six <laughs> Diane Lennon was walking her terrier collie across Denton near New Haven in Britain when they came across the spotty brown coloured big cat just in front of her. Mrs Lennon, 66, said it was just yards away. It was in front of us and looking away so I didn't think it saw us and I was just praying it didn't turn around. I was just hoping the dog didn't bark. It was walking in front of us and just walked away. We were heading towards it so I turned around and hoped it didn't smell. My fear. I didn't even look behind me. I was so scared. Then I ran home with the dog and phoned 999. They told me I had to call the non-emergency number. When do you ever need 999? Has that not a non-emergency? That you're wow. walking through the park <laughs> and there's a leopard. I just find that remarkable. What, if there's a, what kind of emergencies are there then if that's not an emergency? It seems absolutely bizarre to me. She says they asked me lots of questions like what shape its ears were and whether it was bigger than a Labrador. Its tail was right up and I can't remember what its ears looked like because I was so scared and keen to get out of there. I've been on safari twice and it looked just like a leopard. I love the idea that there's Land Rovers full of leopards wandering around with binoculars and cameras 
all around the Mall of America taking pictures of humans in their natural environment. It would just be a joy, wouldn't it? So if anyone sees the leopard that's wandering around Denton, I'm sure someone has lost a pet or perhaps something's escaped there. But I find that remarkable, that that's not a non-emergency. What else have the police in Denton got to do, you know, on a Friday night? I just find that incredible. We shall move into the ad breaks. For more informative paranormal madness, please stay tuned after these short messages from our sponsors. The Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group meets bi-monthly to discuss all things paranormal. The group's primary focus is on the topic of UFOs, but they also delve into alien abductions, cryptozoology, Bigfoot, crop circles, giant crabs, hairy fish and theology. Come with an open mind and be prepared to discover the who, what, when, where, why and how of these phenomena. The meetings are from 7 to 9pm Central Time in the banquet room of the American Legion Club in Wake Park, Minnesota. For more information, visit their website, lapig.org. For people who believe that standing in a field late at night in the dark with a laser pen pointing up to the sky and saying, come and get me, is perfectly normal. The Minnesota chapter of the UFO network MUFON meets the second Saturday of every month at the New Brighton Community Centre, New Brighton, Minnesota. Meetings are from 2 to 5 p.m. Central and include investigation reports, open mic, book reviews, videos and guest speakers. Anyone with an interest in mummified children or flying sausages is welcome to attend. For anyone who's experienced a UFO sighting or knows someone who has, this is the place to be. Meeting agendas, driving directions and tons of UFO information can be found at mnmufon.org. If you or your business would like to sponsor the show and contribute to the beast that is more questions than answers, you are more than welcome to contact me. In the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend that is Johnny Nash, there are indeed more questions than answers. And the more I find out, the less I know, which means I'm probably less intelligent than when the show started. I am your host, Adrian Lee, famous for being banned in Lithuania and for the annoying inability to say abominable snowman live on air. Welcome back for the second part of tonight's show. If you have just joined us, then where have you been and what could have been more important? If you've stayed with me, then let me raise your spirits further by saying that we still have 50% of the show still left to go. Hurrah and a happy dance all around the bedroom. Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Where all of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious detail and technicolour for your perusal, including all of the photographs and videos that accompany our stories. You can also write to me and send me your stories at mqta at rocketmail.com. And my Twitter account is Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. Come and join us on there and follow all the fun and frivolity that is the week's news of the paranormal. I shall give myself points for being informative and interesting. Kim, you look like you're about to chastise me. I was just going to give you a hard time and ask you if Popeye is a UFO or cryptozoology or yeah, just I've exactly how does this... Before. How, yeah, how you does what? this fit I'm into sorry? our category? You've never had crabs before. No. <laughs> <laughs> what are we saying here? Yeah, how is this cryptozoology and why are you getting points? This is the biggest crab of its kind ever found. How's that not cryptozoology? <laughs> it's I don't rigged, I You need to you. go away. It's I'm rigged. just trying to help out Heather here. Yeah. <laughs> Kim on minus one. <laughs> I um, 
It's the biggest... Whatever. You need to look up what cryptozoology <laughs> actually means, would be my best guess. Oh, I love Droopy. I know you do. I love Droopy. Shall I do my Droopy? Oh, no. It's building up. I can't... No. You know what? <laughs> that no. makes me happy. What's wrong with that? <laughs> it's almost like he's in the room. <laughs> it's like I'll give myself some more points, I'm fine. <laughs> Heather! For actually having a story in the cryptozoology round that actually contains cryptozoology... I get five points. You shall get two. You are now on a resplendent... <laughs> Whatever. Three. We go to the Loch Ness Monster, of course. A cryptozoology round wouldn't be the same without Loch Ness. It says, Loch Ness distress call heard after other monster was spotted. The general consensus is that Nessie is a relative of some lost extinct aquatic dinosaur. Paleontologists suggest that the plesiosaur is the most likely culprit for Nessie. But Loch Ness was formed by glacial erosion during the last ice age. Even if it was not from one of the second or third most recent ice ages, it would still not put you anywhere near the 85 million years difference for, between for million? well i was going to say a thousand you see they, what they've done is they put an 85 and a little plus there's no zeros in this at all so i was going to commit to a thousand realize that. i'm counting zeros as i'm going along you see so i'm counting five zeros as i'm reading this out i say thousand thinking there's going to be five i then count a six zero which then makes that a million so i've gone from 85,000 to 85 million in the, in the breath of one zero You'd have no idea what I'm talking about, have you? It's your number dyslexia kicking in. 85 million years ago, the difference between a plesiosaur and the Loch Ness and, the, and, and Loch, the Loch being formed by the Ice Age, is 85 million years. So they're saying the chances of a Loch Ness monster being stranded in that Loch when the land suddenly put a fusion around it is almost impossible. There's 85 million years between a plesiosaur and the Ice Age that formed the lock. So when people say it's a plesiosaur, they're 85 million years out. It's, it's like when they say, or when you see on the television, a stegosaurus fighting a Tyrannosaurus rex, because they're, they're 85 million years apart. Apparently, I read, that a stegosaurus is closer to us now than it would have been to a Tyrannosaurus rex back in the day. Do you see what I mean in, times of, in terms of time? Where do horseshoe crabs... I'm oh. sorry, what? <laughs> Not That's right. those. Horseshoe crabs? Yeah. Well, how, do, how do we get from Loch Ness to horseshoe crabs? <laughs> how on earth? It's just the way my mind works. If Tell this me is relevant, horseshoe crabs. I, oh, you want me to talk about horseshoe crabs? They're, they're yeah, how very, old are they? I don't know. Where Fif do they fall? Well, I, I saw one having a 21st birthday party and had it mates <laughs> round, so I, I'm guessing they make it into their 20s. I've never seen one collect a pension, if that's what you're asking me. I've never gone to the post office and seen a line of horseshoe crabs with their pension book, if that's what you're asking me. Yes, that's what I'm All right, asking. OK, I've never seen one over the age of 21. Is that what you want? Jeffy's name was. He was having a birthday party. He was buying balloons. And Colin came with. Gavin. Gavin. Gavin, the horseshoe crab. How old is a horseshoe crab? Which one? Pick one. <laughs> I've no idea why this is even happening to me. I don't know me. either. What's going on? I don't know. Anyway, it goes on to say this is one paranormal cryptid that is not paranormal. Every piece of evidence beyond anecdotal evidence has proven to be a hoax. The granddaddy of Nessie evidence was a photograph, which was nicknamed the surgeon's photo. This is the original hoax. A kid's submarine, some wood, a good lie, and then a legend is born. 
Almost a hundred years later, no real evidence has ever surfaced. If it wasn't for the vast number of eons between when dinosaurs dominated the Earth and eventually died to the time when the Loch Ness was formed, it may have been remotely possible. But it is not. One of the things they say, though, is that there's an underground tunnel. So mm. an underground cavern that where the sea can then access the lock. So right. I understand the fact that he's saying there's 85 million years between the lock forming and plesiosaurs being extinct. But if there's a hole underground, you know, that can go like a cavern out to the sea, that is a possibility. But then Loch Ness is obviously fresh water. So there's many questions, more questions than answers. 200-year-old Mongolian mummy may still be alive, according to Buddhist academic. I bet they're after him for taxis. You're probably right. The first thing that's going to happen if he was proved to be alive is that someone's going to come along and say, you've not paid taxis for 200 years. Where's the money? That's not in the story. Okay. Forensic examinations have continued on the amazing remains that are preserved in animal skin, which are believed to be around 200 years old. The Mirror reports that some experts insist that the monk is actually in a rare and very special spiritual state known as tukdom. Known as dying. (laughs) (laughs) I think all of us at some point are going to reach that really rare spiritual state, which is kicking the bucket. (laughs) Passing on. You sooner than later. (laughs) Falling off this mortal coil. Um, Apparently, this monk is just one stage away from becoming a real-life Buddha. Don't ask. I is this a explain. situation where you throw water over him and he rehydrates himself, gets up, dusts himself off and goes home? Yes, like Ludafisk. There you go. So we're comparing Ludafisk, Luda what? Ludafisk. Ludafisk to a 200-year-old mummified Buddhist monk. He's not a Buddhist monk yet. Okay, he's getting there. Uh, Lama is in the lotus position. The left hand is opened. And the right hand symbolizes uh, the preaching sutra. This is a sign that the Lama is not dead, but is in a very deep meditation according to ancient tradition of Buddhist Lamas. The mirror claimed that there have been 40 similar cases over the last 50 years. I didn't realize Lamas were that talented. I thought they ran around the foothills of the Andes in South America, bleating and trotting about. I didn't realize they were so advanced. They're very advanced. I've not been keeping up with Lama culture. Who I knew know. ruminants could do such things? <laughs> If the person is able to remain in that state for more than three weeks, which rarely happens, his body gradually shrinks, and in the end, all that remains from the person is his hair, nails, and clothes. So if I keep it in the same position for three weeks, it's going to shrivel up. Don't call a doctor. (laughs) All that's going to remain is the hair. I'll be sure to make sure I move it around on a regular basis. Now, usually, uh, in this case, people who live next to the monk see a rainbow that glows in the sky for several days. This means that he has found a rainbow body. This is the highest state close to the state of Buddha. Okay, well, he's well on his way. Buddha, fabulous. I have one more story in the round of Ghosts for Hauntings. It says, Ghosts that haunt UK woman cast fishy smell of fear and foreboding. I really like like these short, sharp, snappy uh, titles that these newspapers give these. The living are often alerted to a ghostly presence by footsteps, knocking on walls or ceilings, objects that seemingly move by themselves and occasionally actually seeing the ghost, but smells 
Well, United Kingdom ghost hunter Laura Dixon, 27, is actually alerted to a ghost by smell, a ghost smell that she believes has been following and haunting her since she was 10 years old. And the ghost smells of fish. Perhaps she should take a bath. Well, this is going to be discussed at some depth at some point during the story. (laughs) The fishy-smelling ghost always appeared right before something bad happened, said Dixon. Ever since I was little, I've sensed spirits around me. I'd pick up on presences in the room. There is a presence in the room, isn't it, if you're going to get a fishy smell. And the fishy smell would come as a warning. The ghost, along with its fishy smells, has preceded tragic events in Laura Dixon's life, such as when she found out a family friend was dying or that her grandmother had just been rushed to the hospital. I remember one time my mum rang to tell me about a close relative who'd been rushed to hospital after suffering a stroke, said Dixon. In a way, the fishy-smelling ghost, whiffy warning, had helped me to prepare. A whiffy warning? A whiffy warning ghost. (laughs) So instead of fearing the fishy-smelling ghost... Say that three times. (laughs) A genie will appear and you know it. If I said that three times, I'd end up saying a swear word and we'd be taken off air at the beginning of our first episode of Series 2. Especially now that it has been following her for 10 years. Laura Dixon has now learned to embrace it, heeding the ghostly fishy smell as a warning that trouble is near, while also becoming a ghost hunter, a fishy smell following her for 10 years. Perhaps this is the ghost of soap and shower gel long since departed and forgotten. (laughs) Or just the ghost of Long John Silver, I've no idea. I wonder if you could just break gas and say that you have your grandmother coming through. <laughs> Where have I heard that? Be- smelled that, that before? The last time I contacted your grandmother. <laughs> In other words, when life hands you a smelly ghost, become a ghost hunter. Are you going to tell your story about what happened to you when you were looking to... I thought we told that one, didn't we? What about how you had your blood pressure taken in Walmart? Have we already spoken about that? Perhaps you'd like to remind our listeners what you did in Walmart at the pharmacy when you went to have your blood pressure taken. Is that something you'd like to share with everybody? I was a little stressed out, so I thought I would have my blood pressure taken. And There's a little was, machine, isn't there? You sit in, you put your arm through yes, it. Yes, and it wasn't occupied, and it was during the fall... So I had on um, a pulley. Yep, a sweater. And a shirt underneath. And so in order to get the cuff around your arm, you have to take off your pulley. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise it can't get a good grip. You need a nice snug fit, don't you, to have your blood pressure taken. I can see where you're going. So as I'm getting ready to uh, to take my pulley off, I took it off. And everything else came with it. Yes. So you're, you're standing in the middle of Walmart in your bra is what you're saying. Yes. You, you had a bra on. Yes, yes I did. Yes, I did. And how was your blood pressure after that? If anyone wants to see this, if anyone goes to the website, People of Walmart, you shall see Heather standing in a perplexed and confused state in the middle of the pharmacy next to the blood pressure machine holding her sweater in her hand. And, uh, and they, old men clasping their chests. They, uh, well, and anything else. <laughs> yes, that could be very problematic. It the was dangers, very embarrassing. The dangers of having your blood pressure taken. Yes. I've got a lovely little story here from a place called Biso. It says, Biso has lovely new bus shelter. Now all it needs is a bus service. A village has been given a new bus shelter despite having no bus service. Biso, near Truro in Devon, 
Where is that Cornwall? That's Cornwall, isn't it? It was given the shelter by Cornish Concrete Products, which has its base in the village. Despite the presence of the eye-catching new structure, no public buses serve the residents or the business. This is why many men actually carry condoms in their wallets, you see. It's all about intention. The firm said it had provided the shelter. I'm here all week. The firm said it had provided the shelter to try and help the local community. Production manager Simon Lucas said, we just want to help and improve the area. For those residents waiting for a bus that never comes. I like the idea that a Victorian gentleman could be standing in a road waiting for the combustion engine to be invented so he can hail a taxi. That would be fabulous. <laughs> I bought a CD before I had a CD player. Again, that's slightly odd, but the intention's put out there, isn't yes. it? You see what I mean? Let's see. I, I bought a car that was a stick shift and I didn't know how to drive it. Greg had a shitload of pornographic magazines when he was 14. <laughs> 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 the end of that joke <laughs> doesn't need to be said, does it? It's all there for you. Signed up with a nice boat. <laughs> it says the old bus shelter was falling down and was becoming a bit of a hazard. We approached the council and asked if we could provide a new one for nothing. They agreed but said it would have to be similar to the old one. So we made one the same size but carved the word Beso into the front of it. There's no real focal point in the village when people come here, so we thought this would mark it out. What must that village look like if the focal point of that village is now a concrete bus shelter? That's hardly somewhere you're going to put on your tourist list of places to go, isn't it? It's like putting electric poles up in Minnesota to improve the landscapes. Do you know what the, what the problem is with this? Is that if that was a man and that was a female dolphin, he would go to prison for interfering with a female dolphin. You hear what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you, you know I have a, we have a lawyer sat around our table at the moment. If you're in your garden and you're male and a woman looks over the fence and you're sunbathing naked, mm-hmm. you're done for indecent exposure. Whereas if the woman's in a garden naked and you look over the wall, you're done for being a peeping Tom. Yeah, but you stay there for four hours. Well, it depends if there's a knot in the wood. <laughs> Just saying that's the difference, that's all. We're going to go to France now because it's been a while. It says French woman 71 cooks husband's genitals. A 71, the French eat anything, don't they? Have you noticed this? They're like snails, frogs. That's got to be rubbery, isn't it? Now I know what you meant with your comment earlier about French recipes. (laughs) A 71 French woman is to undergo psychiatric testing after killing her husband and cooking his heart, nose, and genitals. That's going to be like eating a snail, isn't it? The French do like snails. I wonder if you could like batter that with garlic or something. Would that make that more palatable? I'm <laughs> looking into this far too much, actually, and everyone's looking at me very oddly. A judicial source, it probably needs a source, said the woman was arrested on May 22nd in the northern French town of Longvie, describing her as the female Hannibal Lecter, after the fictional cannibal in the thriller Silence of the Lambs. The woman killed her 80-year-old husband with a kitchen mortar, of all the things to pick in a kitchen, you're in a kitchen, you've decided you're going to murder your husband, you go for the pestle and mortar. All the sharp objects, all the you know, various things you could choose. You rolling go, pin. Rolling pin, thank you. That's, that came to mind very quickly, Kim. She went with the pestle and mortar. Just strange. It says here that she uh, used the pestle and mortar for grinding spices, then cooked his heart, nose and genital organs in a pot but we don't know if she ate them the sauce said you know if you cook genitals it makes its own sauce right 
<laughs> the woman was being held in prison in a psychiatric unit is to undergo tests to determine if she can be responsible for her actions. I'm guessing, and I'm no expert in this area, but I, I guess in a few years' time, 40 years' time, I shall become an expert in this area. But uh, if you're eating the genitals of an 80-year-old man, we can't be talking more than an appetizer, can we? Is what I'm saying. It's not going to be a... It you're shrinks? Have, you're going to have to have a lot of... You have to wrap it in bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I understand Kim will eat anything if it's wrapped in bacon. <laughs> wow. Greg... No. <laughs> you have French ancestry, don't you? I thought you were going to ask him if he wrapped it in bacon. <laughs> I don't know. Is that? It's the only way Kim will touch it. <laughs> the irony is that Greg's allergic to bacon. <laughs> so it must cause some sort of swelling. <laughs> Does he have an anaphylactic shock? <laughs> Antihistamines are the way. It's times like this. I wish we had a camera because Greg's face could paint a thousand words. I just hope that the cockavan isn't on the menu is where I'm going with that. So there we go. <sighs> Points all round. Smelling farts may be good for your health. Well, let me make you feel a whole lot better. <laughs> the next time someone at your office lets out a silent but deadly emission, <laughs> maybe you should thank them. <laughs> I'm feeling better already. It's amazing. That's made me feel... My headache's gone. <laughs> yeah. How's your sore throat? <laughs> A new study at the University of Exeter in England. Oh, imagine where it's being done. Yes. To be fair, Exeter is in Devon and they're a bit strange down there. They've got web feet and one eye in their forehead. <laughs> the study suggests that exposure to hydrogen sulfide, a.k.a. what your body produces as bacteria breaks down food, causing gas could prevent mitochondria damage. There we go. We don't want that, do we? Mm -mm. Yep. The implication is what you're thinking. People are taking the research to mean that smelling farts could prevent disease and even cancer. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm fit and healthy. I don't know about anyone else. Nothing wrong with me. I'm fit as a fiddle. A1. Is it someone else's or your own? Do you have to smell someone else's? or can Well, you it, get could, a... it could be from rotten eggs. Oh, I see. Okay. They're actually, they're taking it seriously <laughs> and they're reproducing this and using it at large doses. You know, we've, you've heard of people in motel rooms, men. Sorry? <laughs> You're talking about men. Who have so much flatulence that in a small hotel room that they've actually died. This is true. What? You're making that up. No, I'm not I am having not. that. No, I'm sorry. In large <laughs> doses. I want evidence. <laughs> in large doses, you can actually die from it in a small, con confined area. So let me, let me so just. So hang on, doses. stop talking. So you're telling me, you're telling me that a large man who's very gassy in a small motel room can kill himself by overindulging yes. in flatulence. And it has happened. <laughs> I don't know whether to ring the bell or swear. I <laughs> So remember that when you go to sleep tonight. <laughs> I'll make sure the windows are open and it's a large, well-ventilated room. Look it up on the internet. <laughs> Sarah, don't I'm sorry. You're making it up. 
You'll be telling me about the tooth fairy next. And there goes another joy of yours. <laughs> removing all the things I enjoy in life. That's terrible. You'll be telling me I'll be going blind next due to self-abuse. You are starting to go cross-eyed. <laughs> well, apparently it's good for me and it makes me healthy. Yes. I, yeah. You won't get cancer. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be asphyxicated if such a word exists. Well, all good things come to an end. So I hope you enjoyed listening to our greatest hits as much as I did. I had a lot of fun going back through our archives over the last three years and remembering some of the madness and some of the laughs that we've had. Do not fear, listener. We are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal. Strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com. You can also join me on my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips tips of course is the international paranormal society so as soon as i'm finished here i would pack up my laptop and i'm off to paranormally investigate this large victorian haunted building i will tell you about the investigation we did here in a couple of weeks time we might have some fabulous evps for you if you wish to access our archives further you can go to soundcloud.com and type in mq TA Radio and the last three years are all there for you. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Yaton Drainer, Kim and Greg Gore and all at the International Paranormal Society at intparanormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.